my beautiful people, the people I love, reported live from Saint South Africa, Pretoria, the O1-2, the greatest city in the world. This is your boy, the most intelligent zombie on the fucking planet, the Negro-minded zombie, and welcome to my segment, you know what I'm saying? Welcome to, to it, you know what I'm saying? Welcome to Sports Made Simple with your boy. I'm gonna be a bit shorter today, gonna make it really simple. I'm gonna overcomplicate your life. I'm gonna bombard you with, you know, facts and you know, all these things because it's the last episode of season two. Oh, believe it or not, we are almost at the end. Actually, this is the end of season two, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry for being MIA, you know what I'm saying? I have other responsibilities that I had to attend to, but you know, I love you guys, so you know, I had to come back, go do my research, go do what I do, go get beaten on bed way. You know, fuck that thing. But you know what I'm saying? When you gamble, remember kids, you know, when there's no one to stop. Otherwise, you'll be fucked. Um, and, yeah, don't do drugs. Yeah, but that's not this. Come on. I'm sorry. Sorry for being up. Okay, let's start. Let's start at the beginning. For my South African fans, for my Africans, you know, for my Southern Africans. Oh, you're going to love this. Kef or the Confederation of African Football, I can't say it in French because my French is not good, um, recently elected a new president um, who will be serving, I think, an 8 to 10 year um, um, in the, the, the mother body of African football. And is none other than billionaire, philanthropist, and Umalumi, or uncle of the South African nation, Dr. Petrus Motsepe. He's a billionaire, so he's a very renowned billionaire, philanthropist, community builder, um, football and rugby team owner. He has a very good understanding, a very broad understanding of, you know, sport and development, you know. He understands that sport is one of the tools that we use to develop, you know, to develop this, you know, whatever, you know, like, we know, like, how South Africa, one of the ways in which South Africa was trying to build the whole nuance of unity and the whole Rainbow Nation was by us actually winning at major tournaments. You know, for example, winning at the Rugby World Cup. You know, um, for the first time, I think, back in 98, you know, this, when the Boca won it the first time, in um, a multi, they had a multi-colored or multi-racial team. And when we mean that, there were a couple of mixed race or colored or Cape Malay people. Because I don't know if people who of that race are very offended when we use the term or not. You know, I should ask. You know, I should actually put a poll up and actually ask. What are the more derogatory terms that, you know, you can use for certain races in South Africa? You know, because when I am going to be talking about sport in South Africa in season three, I will be talking about the history of sport, you know, a bit more. Just to kind of get you guys in tune with like how much I know and how much I want you to know, you know, and how much I would love you guys to know. So there's that. But anyway, as I was saying, sport is a tool for unity it's one of the tools that they use for social coercion in a lot of countries you know you have countries that find pride enjoying maybe qualifying for a tournament for the first time in their history in the confederation's history you know for example tahiti when they went to the confederation's cup unfortunately they were ass whooped you know by spain but the whole idea that this team can go there and win it brought it brought them together the seventh team in Samoa, the first team to win, you know, a, a, a Olympic gold in a, you know, in a, what do they call this, in a, 
like in an Olympic division because it was the first time that the Olympics had had rugby and they chose to use the format sevens because sevens is pretty quick um, you can have a tournament in a space of like two days three days you know um, and teams and like sevens teams are quite rotational for those who understand that kind of you know rugby sevens rugby um, yeah but anyway I know I'm delving out in and out of the topic but I just want to show you how how much this means to us as South African you know fans of like football you know because first of all he's the first man outside of you know the the northern um you know um regions like egypt morocco you know or you know the west which you know the west africans which are really brilliant football players and fairly brilliant administrators in the sport south africa has only had like about 25 to 27 years of administrative experience when it comes to like an organization as big as suffer even the idiot who's in charge of that thing doesn't know what he's doing. Anyway, back to the topic. I am so proud of Petrus Matsepe. Personally, I believe that he will bring a different dynamic to football, you know, for Africa. He will open up the spaces at CAF because CAF has been using Arabic and French for a very long time in terms of the communique or communique or however they say it, you know. Um, so it, I think there's also a sense of transformation that could happen in this like in in the space in you know in south africa i mean and africa you know in general and i think he can also help us um kind of push for like having more african teams actually play you know in the world cup i mean look at europe technically speaking europe is smaller than you know africa number one yes fine they have the resources their development is pretty good but some of their top players that they buy are in the clubs there, whether it's Russia, whether it's England, Spain, Italy, France, they have black players who are usually of African descent. Some of them are actually from Africa. You know, some, you know, like Samuel Umtiti is originally from Cameroon, for example. So I believe that we also need more representation in the World Cup. You know, fuck that shit of having, what, six teams? Man, we need like at least eight. I believe that we can cope. You know, the quality of football in, in Africa in general is improving. I, I must say, you know, there's a lot of shit that's happening that we don't realize, but it's really happening. So, yeah, that congratulations to Petrus Matsepe. I hope he does us proud. I hope he changes the, you know, the long way in which we look at football move away from us thinking that the north africans are the only ones who understand football there are some beautiful styles of football down south you know when you think of south africa style disky which is usually very flamboyant and very very like a lot of trick base but the cool thing about you know um itiski if you if you know that you've probably heard the name if you've been around south africa there's a style of football where there's a lot of short passing um you know quick movement um the only problem with the like the style disc is that the finishing is really bad because there is no final product there's a lot of chance creation you know it's almost like the tikka taka but a bit more flashy you know what i mean um south african players are actually very good at keeping position passing the ball around now but 
that kind of died out because you know a lot of coaches in South Africa are trying to play European style football. Except Zimbabwe from like um Orlando Pirates. You know, I have to give dabs to him. Um he's he's doing a great job at, you know, that club. I mean I'm I'm from the other club. I just don't wanna mention because it it's really embarrassing <laughs> to be a Kaiser Chief fan. And I just said the name, yeah. It's very embarrassing to be a Kaiser Chief fan. You know, honestly it it pains me, man. I can see why that guy who's what's his name? Oh, the guy who used to play football, man. He's got a very dope podcast. He's he always loses his shit about Amakosi and he does not like Gavin Hunt. Gavin Hunt is an okay manager, you know. He just got Kaiser Chiefs at the wrong time, you know, and um Bobby Mataung actually destroyed that team, you know. But that's I don't want to get into those kind of things. You might get sued for like defamation of character and all those kind of things. South African people move funny. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying. So, especially rich people, man. But anyway, I love Amakosi. You know, Amakosi for life. Win, lose, draw. I love that team till the death of me. Anyway, and the Soweto Derby is happening this weekend. For those who actually watch South African football, that's one of the biggest derbies in the world. It's the, it's the Kasi classical or what these people call it ikasiko hmm? see you see what we did there yeah so that's happening this weekend please check it out please watch that game i mean one team is gonna get dropped xa like i'm not even gonna point names look like look pirates is is, is unstoppable right now they're playing with their coach is german number one number one let's start day zimbabwe is german you know, number two, he's actually a tactical mind. Like, he's very good. Um, he plays the gen press very similar to, like, um, um, to Klopp during his Mainz and um, Dortmund times and, like, a bit in the Liverpool times. Um, plays like Nagelsmann as well to an extent. Like I said, German coaches have a very similar style of football, you know. Like, unless you are, you know, like Mittendorf, who's, you know, who, who plays like a brick wall. But, you know, it works, you know, to an extent, then it gets boring. But Zimbabwe plays very gen-press. Because I've seen, when I watch some of the games, you know, like, I see his fullbacks actually do a lot of pressing. You know, Maela, for example, does a lot of pressing. Marco does very well. People, you know, like, so, you see? Listen to that. Me speaking about South African football shows you that there's actually potential. Like I said, then you're done is full of shit. You know, the South African football game is in the hands of like a monopoly. Basically, you know, like the same people, you know, and like they own those clubs and they always own those clubs. You know, there's no elections. There's no sense of freedom. It's like, you know, some teams are like that in Europe, let's be honest. But some teams are owned by like consortiums that have like certain agreements like look man in the in the next five to ten years we're gonna pump this much money into your team you better fucking win a champions league or something like that something extraordinary almost like similar to what Petrus Motsipa did but he was building more like a like a team that was going to rival with you know Alanda Pirates and Kaiser Chiefs in fact surpassed it you know dare I say surpass those teams because at some stage, Super Sport United was like a really scary team. Even they play right now, but yeah. People are probably confused. Like, yo, this guy usually talks about, you know, he's never spoken about Mzanzi football. Yeah, I have to speak about my country, man. Gotta wrap my upset. Because of the Soweto Derby, I'm so excited. And that Patrice Matsepe is now CAF president. If we get rid of Danny Ordan, that will be perfect. And 
everything would be great in football. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, F1, where we we live, live very soon. Um, I haven't been able to check out the races so much, but you know, from like social media hype, I'm seeing that like Benz is still warming up. You know, as per usual, um, Ferrari is not looking too bad. You know, there's actually a surprise. Like Verstappen is doing very well. He's starting very well, from what I've seen. And uh, so we'll see if I can actually catch the race. But yeah, um, do check it out. You know, there's basketball still on. Y'all better check that shit out, you know, because, yeah, it's getting heated, man. It's no pun intended. No pun intended, but, yeah, just check out the basketball. Yeah, it, it'll change your fucking life, you know, like, I don't even know what to say, man. You know, I just know that LeBron is the great, one of the greatest to ever play the fucking sport. And, yeah, why I'm speaking about LeBron James is, you know, I was meant to talk about the All-Star team, whatever, you know, um, weekend when they had that. Yeah, I asked, the, I asked the homeboy of mine, you know what I'm saying? He was like, that shit was whack, you know what I'm saying? But he might have been capping because, you know, when I, like, I saw on the internet. By the way, like, before we delve in, the, the All-Star team or the All-Star game. It's usually an annual, you know, event that happens where the West, the East and the West of, you know, the USA. Because the USA, in terms of its geographics, or geographical makeup, it is split pretty weird, you know. If when it comes to football, they, I mean, to not football, even even football, they, like their soccer and their football. They have an East and a West. And then they play, they have playoffs. And then that, that playoff ends up in a, like, the... The best of one conference and the best of one conference or one side they play and then that is what we call a final and then at, at that final the the best player obviously if you're in the final or you got your team to the final and you end up winning you're obviously going to be the best player so they nominate they see which player you know look how played maybe game five whatever then they tally it up and then it's awarded to the best player, you know, a couple of MVPs that you know, LeBron James, the late Kobe Bryant, I think, has Magic been, been an MVP before? Nah, I think Tony Parker been an NBA before, I mean, uh, uh, an MVP before, yeah, so that's like, that's like the final, that's like when you get to the final, so every season you have games, you know, in every single region, and then the best of a certain amount they obviously go through they play you know four three four games first to four you obviously win you know that kind of shit and then this year they had obviously we thought because covered 19 oh fuck there's not going to be any basketball or like you know like all-star so like these guys two of the best of each conference from their teams you know lebron james was representing, I think, is it the East? And Mandem Durant was representing the other side. I'm saying so they call it Team Durant and Team LeBron. So the scores ended 150-170. So it was like a 20-point, you know, lead. I assume the game was really tough because from what what I'm looking at in terms of the statistics, it looked like Kevin Durant's team 
Yes, there were a couple of high-scoring players like, you know, Kyrie Irving as per usual, you know, he fought for, you know, Kevin Durant's team, you know, um, like, when you think about the other, you know, Bill did well, and then for, like, Team LeBron, you know, Steph Curry got, like, 28 points, you know, like, what the fuck, Achiten Kumbo got 35 points, isn't that guy a center? Like, was he playing center or was he playing forward? Oh, because Jokic. You know, you guys know Jokic. He's a very big guy. He plays a position in basketball called center. So that's like a very defensive role. But most centers are now very athletic, which means that they can move around the court, meaning that they have better chances of scoring, especially when they're not just athletic. Now they're also technical because now they can shoot, you know, and all that kind of shit. Yeah, look at me, you know, speaking up. No, I'm kidding, guys. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's the basketball. Check it out. Continue checking it out. I think, you know, it's almost the end of the season, you know. Even, like, in football, you know, you can see that Champions League, Chelsea went through, Barcelona's out. Bayern Munich is actually crazy. They beat Lazio. I think they're very unstoppable. I think they're winning it again, you know, but we never, we, we'll never know. I think... But me thinks that it will be an all-English final. You know? I think it will be an all-English final. I don't know. I'm like, I don't know who. It might be Man City and Chelsea. Or I suspect Man City will go to the final, the Champions League final. At the rate they're going, they're actually going to go to the Champions And they have to face Bayern Munich. Because I want to see how Flick will do against Pep Guardiola. You know, because Flick is very, very... He's very terrifying, you know. He has a very solid midfield and he plays a double pivot, you know, like which is very weird because all of his midfielders, technically most of them can play in a lone CDM role, which is crazy. And then he makes them play two of them. You know, you have a Kimmich who is like a technical, he's everywhere also. He's actually every fucking way. And on top of that, you have him. And then you have Kuretka next to him who's like who looks like the fucking Hulk. So So you see that Flick is a bit of a madman. And then Pep Guardiola doesn't have a natural striker because all of his strikers are not doing well. Jesus is not good. At all. I don't rate Gabriel Jesus, but you know, he plays for one of the biggest teams in the world. You know, right now, not in history. Fuck them. <laughs> I'm sorry to my Man City fans, my citizens. Yeah, but shout out to you guys. You've actually been doing one well the last 10 years. I'm not going to lie. No. So, yeah. Um, football. Can't talk about football all day or night. <laughs> Seeing that we are zombies after all. Could be the whole fucking night. <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> Man, what can I say? Football has just been so crazy. And it's going to continue being crazy. Like I said... Still waiting to see what's going to happen at the Olympics. The Winter Olympics are going to be hosted in Beijing, by the way. Looking forward to seeing how that's going to work. Um, my, my fucking idiotic self didn't think there was snow in China. I don't know why I thought that. Because Asia has a lot of cold countries. So, yeah. You know, um, they're going to have the Winter Olympics in China. I don't know how this is going to work in the pandemic. You know? Unless we are planning on... Unless they know something we don't. But... <laughs> But yeah, um, 
looking forward to that. Tokyo is still trying to see what's going to go on with the Olympics, you know. Ideally, they would want people going in and out of their country, but, you know, we are still facing a pandemic. It's not ending anytime soon. Vaccines have been, you know, um, administered across the world about, you know, I don't know how good my statistics are. Maybe between 10 to 15 million people have been vaccinated already worldwide. I'm not sure. Could be more. You know, um, those are like very, you know, rough estimates. But it's a good thing because the people who have been, you know, um, vaccinated are like frontline workers, you know, such as doctors, radiologists, nurses, um, um, admin clerks, everybody who works like in a hospital setting, particularly ones that are prone and susceptible to like COVID-19 and or other like break outbreaks, but preferably like COVID-19. So with that, that brings a bit of hope see that you know the uk prime minister you know um boris johnson um i think recently approved some sort of um like a like a, a phasing out of like the lockdown since they are seeing like positive results in some of the like vaccines that they've administered like they're looking at it like on a like an point of view where like they've already sort of made predictions of how much like what do they call this herd immunity can be achieved in the UK? You know, considering that obviously number one, they produce the um I think they they are part responsible for like AstraZeneca, not too responsible, but like so and so. Yeah, and then obviously there's Johnson and Johnson and then there are a couple of other vaccines that have been developed also now that you know, considering that there's two variants in the world that are very dominant, you know. Um, 501V, um, Y1 and Y2, or V1 or V2, both of them. One is from Europe and one is from, you know, from Southern Africa, you know, because we don't want to put a country to a, to a virus. So, I'm, I know I'm being all technical, talking epidemiology and all that, but because these people's lives are at stake, and particularly now, also now, we need to start looking at, like, a stage two or stage three or whatever, the world is going through of vaccinating people you know particularly you know old people and people who work like who are essential workers you know could be lab technicians you know football players are very essential because they started working way into the into the lockdown you know what i'm saying because as soon as everything started to somewhat open up they were like you know what okay cool there it is stay there do what you need to do and then you know obviously you had to be you know you know, tested like every two weeks in phases. You know, we don't see that much anymore. You just hear of like outbreaks in certain like training complexes and stuff like that. But like considering how much this thing is spreading, it's it's quite normal, you know. But, you know, like I said, countries are trying to phase out lockdowns, you know, since they're actually seeing positive results in like some of the trials that they've taken. Because remember, people need to remember that these trials, you know what I'm saying, like, they're like in what they call, what they call level three or stage three, three, which is like a pre-authorization of any vaccine. You know, it's an emergency use type of thing. There is no, I don't think there's a vaccine that's completely at stage four yet, because obviously when you're going to administer something, you have to administer it on, you know, on people. And, and, and then, you know, in technical terms or in clinical terms, trial terms they do 
a placebo and a, and a, and a proper drug. Yeah, I know I'm going, I'm delving out of sport, but all I'm trying to say is all of this benefits the football players, their coaches and everybody involved because it means that it gets the fans back. It normally gets, you know, journalists to go back to stadiums again, you know, more often. You know, stadiums are like ghost towns now, man, with all these plaques around. It's so weird and these artificial sounds. We're so fucking used to them now and it's, it's, it's really bothering me, man. You know, like, obviously, we won't hug and be all the same and we can't pack stadiums as much as we used to. But, you know, because we have to be safe, we have to make sure that this thing is not spreading as hard as it did when it first, you know, appeared on Earth or whatever. You know, you know, ideally, we don't want, like, major outbreaks during, like, sports events, concerts, you know, like, you know, football tours now because now like Europe, like Euros are happening now indefinitely this year. And because now I saw like um, England released their they, they, they team, you know, there's the inclusion of Ollie Watkins and like Jesse Lingard. I'm so proud of Jesse Lingard, you know, but yes, you can see it is in indefinitely, definitely, definitely, definitely happening. So now there has to be protocols that have to be taken because we don't want to experience a pandemic again perfectly if it's going to happen let it happen again in the next hundred years not in the next 10 five years because of us being irresponsible not being able to to learn the lessons that we learned we didn't learn like on time from this one you know what i mean like you know like underestimating something because it's silent and it's invisible you know and something because that it, we've never seen it before. We said the same shit about HIV. And when I say we, I'm talking about human beings. You know, I mean, obviously, I know these things because, you know, I study this shit. <laughs> but for those who don't understand, you have to educate them. Even in sport, you have to educate them. Even the football players, when they were like, we can't play with our fans like oh shit okay as long as we get to play because at the end of the day some of those players play because they gotta feed families all of them gotta feed families it's a job you know it is a job you know and they're also putting their lives at risk because they have to go with their players what if one of your players goes on some hectic party and then he brings this you know this invisible virus thing and then the whole training complex is is like infected you know, then you, have, then you have to play with the second team, a third team. And that destroys the flow of things. So that's why you have to be extra careful. That's why I'm saying when we phase it out, let this vaccine, like, let this vaccine be tested. Let it, you know, let it be, you know, administered to those who want it, you know. And then we'll see what happens from there. Because at this point, yeah, you know, our guess is as, my guess is as good as everybody else's, man, you know. We just want the fans back, but it has to be safe for them. It has to be safe for their children. It has to be safe for the workers there, you know. Whether it is a, as a, it's a, it's a dome, it's a stadium, whether it is a court, whatever it is, it has to be safe, you know, for the fans, you know. We can't say we're going to be normal again because we've, you know, but... Things have to, we, we have to do things just a bit more differently. Until we are certain that we've controlled this thing enough for us to be back to our somewhat goofy selves. Who are more careful, you know. Like things that, like, you know, taking hygiene seriously. Taking 
frontline workers just be like a bus driver for the football players you know the person who washes the kids you know their medical their doctors their their the physiotherapists all of those people who make sure that the players are the psychologist has had probably had to do more work in this COVID 19 time than in their entire careers the sports psychologists were probably working their asses off and those are people who are underestimated and like usually slept on when it comes to like the game itself you know what i'm saying so like thank you to them shout out to them they they did well some of the players kind of you know yeah obviously they all of them have been affected you know some have been infected directly some have lost somebody who might have you know contracted COVID 19 so it hits close to home to like everybody in the world to be quite honest hence pandemic but to the players it's a bit more you know it hurts you know and the sports teams it hurts them because their main you know source of income they're all sitting at home watching the game on tv and if you're a big team like a manchester united chelsea barcelona psg real madrid you know ix your traditionally big teams that have very high very good you know tv rights sporting rights you can just broadcast your shit on your own like on your own you know streaming site charge like a very small fee you know and then you know people get to watch the games you know what i mean so it's it's like that but sports has just kind of changed you know because of you know the, the you know the pandemic so well like i said i'm looking forward to when shit can really get back to normal because man this is getting out of hand bro you know but just let's continue to i say it a lot you know practice your social distancing use a sanitizer always wash your hands you know always wash your hands if you don't have an access to a tap get some hand sanitizer preferably something between 60 60 to 60 to 65 percent alcohol content 70 percent is a bit too much you know it'll kind of mess around with your with, you know your carotene in your nails and stuff like that but yeah practice physical distancing and social distancing wear a mask in public stop this fucking shit of saying that no i'm not gonna wear man wear a mask you see football players when they look swaggy what are they wearing masks exactly be like your favorite football players be your favorite rugby players they even bull lebron james when they're parading about about to go fuck shit up on the court they're wearing masks so do the same a fucking mask man don't piss me off brah but yeah thank you very much you know what i'm saying thank you very much to you know to all my, my niggas you know from the zombie tribe thank you for all, all the support shout out to like season two i guess we done <laughs> officially done but yeah um check out you know my old shit no for real guys like yo please guys i'm trying to get my numbers up kanti what's wrong with you guys go watch go listen to my other stuff kanti like go listen to my other stuff you're not gonna listen to my voice then go listen to my other boy stuff then let's get their numbers up then you know what i mean you know check it out yeah. it's on zombie tribe everything we're on spotify we're on apple in we're everywhere my nigga we is everywhere man we are everywhere we in the air my nigga we really everywhere no. So yeah, and me, check me out. I am on social media. I ain't gonna tell you my Twitter. But yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, man like Esther on Twitter. Um and Fidel underscore Tema on Instagram. That's it. Those are the only two social medias I use for business. Oh yeah, no, no, and go check out my blog, Negro Minded, at WordPress.com. 
you know, I'm taking a back seat, but go, go watch, you know, go read my old stuff. Some amazing work. I've worked with some brilliant writers there. You know, we, like, we, we did something. We honestly did something, you know. Yeah, so thank you guys for the support. I sound like I'm rambling a lot, but yeah, I just missed you guys so much. I had so much to talk about, but I was like, nah, let me limit my time. But yeah, I'll be back after next week, though. So guys, it's the long weekend. Stay safe. Remember, stay safe. Watch the teams that you love so much this weekend. FA Cup is on, so it's a derby zone. Stay at home, you know. If you're bored, go out, but, you know, wear a mask, you know, be careful, you know. Go to a place that observes the whole 1.5 meter thing, man. There are people who actually study those kind of patterns. And my friend, some of these restaurants would have outbreaks like nothing. But anyway, I mean to scare you. I love you guys. Love you guys so much. I really, really, really appreciate the support. Maravella, I need more numbers. Let's push, bruh. For real. You know, need to give my mama a fucking benzo. Yeah, man. I need to free. I need to free my people. You know, I need to free my people. So yeah, continue to stream our beautiful stuff. Shout out to my niggas, man. I love you guys. Peace.